to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Wonderful to be back on board once again today as the Minnesota Wild were able to capture six out of eight possible points this week. Getting primed and ready, and the Dumba debate continues. It's Dumba's domain. Yep, we're getting primed and ready for the playoffs. Matt Dumba, you're seeing the two sides of Matt Dumba, but that good side is pretty damn good, isn't it? He's now at 46 points on the season. Matt Dumba definitely becoming closer and closer to that whole, the guy that we like to compare him to, the whole Brent Burns situation there. Remember how we got frustrated with Brent Burns' inconsistency and up and down play and poor decision making, angles, this and that, but then, gosh darn it, he's sure good at offense, isn't he? Wow. And then occasionally he'd be good at defense, too. And then look at Brent Burns turn into a 60, 70-point defenseman. That's like Hall of Fame level. Matt Dumba is approaching a 50-point defenseman. And that's pretty good. And that's, you know, early, obviously. Brent Burns had achieved that 46-point season, 43-point season, pardon me. Uh, and then he was traded, ultimately, to the San Jose Sharks. For the guys we remember, of course, Devin Setaguchi, who was, you know, not serious about the NHL, apparently. Uh, Zach Phillips, who couldn't skate, and Charlie Coyle, uh, you know, who was highly touted, and I mean highly touted, and, well, he's he's okay. <laughs> he's good. Uh, he's good, but he's not great. When he is good, though, he's wonderful, but unfortunately, the consistency, once again, like just about everybody else, I swear. Uh, he's a couple of nice milestones achieved this week. Eric Stahl getting his 40th goal of the season. And he's only the second wild player to ever do it. Jason Zucker is now a 30-goal guy. That's awesome to see. And you also saw Mr. Bruce Brudrow achieve his 500th career win. That was against the National Predators on the 24th of March. Happy birthday once again to Paul Tuniverse Caniff, who is now 38 years of age. He tied me up like he does every March, and then I take the lead again every July. Yep, it's, it's one of those races you can never, yeah, that Paul can never win, unfortunately. Because, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm like about, what, eight months older than him. But uh, yes, that's a close friend of mine for those of you wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Let's move on. Uh, Nashville game, a 4-1 victory. Very happy to have achieved that. Very, very fun game. But like pretty much every game here, Nashville scored early. Just like Dallas scored early and Nashville scored early again. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's fun stuff. Uh, it's getting uh, more and more crazy indeed. Um <laughs> but the Wild won the game. That's what matters. Uh, Ryan Johansson, who got a little personal with Zach Parisi for whatever reason, uh, shoving him in the back about three times in a row. And Zach Parisi was just close to the goalie. He wasn't uh, he wasn't hitting the goalie or anything like that. But Ryan Johansson took uh, <laughs> took whatever to him. And uh, I don't understand it. Um, took acceptance to him. And started shoving Zach Parisi in the back and hitting him with the stick in the back. And then Parisi finally was like, hey, F you. And he kept going at him. It was pretty fun to watch. You could see the Minnesota accent in Zach Parisi's lips. It was pretty funny. Like, F you. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. I shoved Ryan Johansson in the face. And Ryan Johansson just, <laughs> you know. Hey, man. You know, it's like <laughs> this guy's had back issues. It's And it's just like for no reason. I, you know, there's too much of that in hockey. That's why you hear lower body injury, upper body injury, body injury. He had a body injury. He had a body injury. So he's he's hurt now. Just just leave me alone. Stop asking the question. You, you go Mike Zimmer on it, basically. And that's pretty much what hockey is. Um, yeah, because there's just too much of these dicks out here that want to, like, intentionally injure a guy who's already been hurt in a certain area. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. There's a little too much of that out there. There's too many Matt Cooks out there. And Ranger Hansen was going a little bit Matt Cookish on... 
Zach Parisi there. And Zach would kind of sort of get his revenge because he got his 10th goal of the season on an empty netter. But Parisi would get three goals this week. Very cool. Uh, Matt Dumba not as noticeable in this game until, well, later on. Obviously, this game not as much. Uh, Yule Erickson Nat got his fifth goal, and that was fun to see. It was a pretty good play. At the end of the day, Nino Niederreiter's 18th goal of the season, finishing on a rebound off of the Jason Zucker, Zucker shot. Pardon me, Ryan Murphy got his third assist. And then Zucker ultimately did get his 30th goal of the season of a good pass from Eric Stahl. Zucker attacking that net once again and 30 goals. Really cool as Jason Zucker. That's a, that's a number he'd been chasing for quite a while, and he got it. And then, of course, later on, Mr. Eric Stahl would get his 40th goal. And how cool is that? Very happy to see Seemed like he's, uh, his scoring has dropped off a little bit, and I'm sure you've noticed as well. But an overall fun, entertaining game. Now, this is going to be a busy show, so I'm going to move kind of quickly through some of these. Sometimes I get a little wordy and I drag it out, and that's not something I want to do today. So, <laughs> plus, unfortunately, I, yeah, I've got a busy schedule today. So, it kind of is what it is. But still very happy to talk hockey, of course. And, yes, interact with all of you out there enjoying this game so very much. Um... And for the record, Dubnik was absolutely outstanding in that Nashville game. So now we go to the back-to-back situation. Alex Stalock and Nett against the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins on the 25th, of course, last Sunday. Minnesota ends up losing the game in overtime. And see, this is where you see the two sides of Matt Dumba. Obviously, extremely talented offensively. He was able to get an assist in the game as he piled up the points during the course of this week. And he's been doing it through most of the season. Uh, this was not, a, not not the funnest game you ever saw. Not, not really almost no scoring, of course, but you saw several chances back and forth for both teams. I mean, it wasn't boring in that sense, that it was boring the fact that nobody was actually getting anything in the net. Uh, Tuka Rask was outstanding. Uh, the Wild did only manage 25 shots on net, but of course several were blocked by the Boston defenders along the way, and that's a given. Um, the Wild did the best they could out there. Obviously, well, not really, but kind of. Uh, it wasn't a bad game or anything. Uh, Alex Dalek was pretty damn good in that, and it certainly... The second goal of the game was not his fault. And, well, I mean, when you only give up one goal in regulation, you, there's nothing you can complain about. Like, 90-plus percent of the time, you're going to win the game, as it was Tuka Rask's situation. Again, only facing 25 total shots in the game. And, as always, the Wild get a chance to score in overtime. And then, of course, something goes wrong. Matt Dumba taking a bad angle. Uh, Marchand, uh, just Brad Marchand, unfortunately. And Marchand's got 12 game winners. It's unbelievable throughout the course of his career. And he's been piling them up during the course of this season as well. So many, and it's frustrating. 33rd goal of the year. But the whole point was Dumba, again, and it's just he just continues to do this type of stuff where he'll just, he'll be skating towards the defender rather than keeping, you know, <laughs> it's like he's skating towards the defender rather than as the guy gets the puck, he's not, oh, he's not already skating with him to stay ahead of him. And that's the unfortunate part, as Dumba had to change direction. And once you have to change direction against a guy like Brad Marchand, it's kind of game over. And that's what took place. Um, not, not a whole lot Stalock could do. And plus, I mean, it was the kind of shot that's like, oh my God, wow. Uh, the accuracy on it as he placed it exactly where he wanted to in the uh, above the upper left shoulder of Alex Stalock just barely getting it in the net. And that's the whole point. You want it as far away as possible. So Stalock had no chance to get it, obviously. Uh, way up there into the corner. Literally kissed the corner of the net and was able to win the game for the Boston Bruins. An extremely frustrating situation there. Again, Dumba just, again, taking another bad angle. Kind of like a bad safety in the NFL. That's basically what that was like. Oh, Dumba. You know, 
again, his, his offensive capability is spectacular, and that's why, again, that Mr. Chuck Fletcher did not trade away Matt Dumba, and that's because of games like the Dell Stars coming up, where he had four points, including his rifle shot. The, the release on that shot was incredible, and, of course, the strength of the shot, even more incredible. Uh, that's what Dumba brings to this team, but he also can bring this. And you know what? People get beat. Even the best defenders get beat. Ryan Studer gets beat. Spurgeon gets beat. <laughs> Nate Prosser gets embarrassed on occasion as well. As steady as he can be. He can be definitely embarrassed on occasion like he was against Florida a while back. Um, <clears throat> Clavo was able to net his 14th goal of the season in the game. But this one, again, the Wild would have so many chances. You see the puck hit the post, I don't know how many times, and Tuka Rask, again, was outstanding. Just about every good scoring chance the Wild had was stopped by Tuka Rask, and that's just, you know, he's one of the better goalies in the league, and Boston's playing better than anybody now. As everywhere you go, this is the best team in the league right now. Tampa, best team in the league right now. Nashville, best team in the league right now. Now Boston's the best team in the league right now. Yet they're still second in their division, which is kind of weird. Um, but it's been kind of a back and forth seesaw with Tampa Bay and the Boston Bruins, and that's what's taking place right now. Any one of those teams could win the Eastern Conference and ultimately the Stanley Cup, including the Winnipeg Jets and or the Nashville Predators. But hey, the, the Wild could possibly win the Cup, but we don't have the star power of other teams like Jacques Lemaire mentioned. That was Jacques Lemaire's quote during the course of this week, is that's what's going to hold the Wild back to winning a Stanley Cup right now, during this season in particular, is that there's no star. But, well, I suppose Stahl is pretty close to being a star, and he always, obviously was throughout his career at times. Zucker's a 30-goal guy. Stall again, a 40-goal guy. So you have guys that have put the puck in the net. Uh, the other sad part is, too, you don't have a whole lot to go with him on occasion. Now, of course, Granlin is a spectacular player, and he had some incredible plays in the Dallas game. Dumba and Granlin were unbelievable in that game, but uh, we'll digress to that in a minute. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. The Nashville gave another 2-1 loss. This one ended up going into <clears throat> the shootout. That was frustrating as the Wild would hit the post, the puck barely missed, and of course, so many times again, also, Nashville had opportunities to win the game. Pecorini was as outstanding as he was, uh, <laughs> was as outstanding as Tuka Rask was the game before. It was almost like the same game, just different jerseys. It's just the same game, right? Well, kinda, kinda. This one, a little more personal, though. This was the one where actually Parisi and uh, Mr. Ryan Johansson went at it, actually, at the end of the day. So I got that mixed up a teeny bit. Jordan Greenway getting his debut as, of course, Boston University eliminated in the Frozen Four during the course of the weekend. That was on Sunday. And now Jordan Greenway is suited up for the Wild, just like that. Signed on Monday and suited up on Tuesday. Number 18, Jordan Greenway would skate with the third line out there. And it was cool to see. He was skating out there with Colin and Coyle. Very nice to see. And, of course, the lines shuffle a little bit. But uh, Greenway, again, getting about 10 minutes on ice. Literally 10 minutes on the ice out there. Jordan Greenway not playing standard, but playing wing at this stage. And an overall, you know, he, he looks okay. <laughs> he almost scored in the Dallas game, but that one just, just hit the post. That's unfortunate. Greenway, though, it looks looks promising, and it'll be a little while, of course. I hope he turns out better than Alex Tuck. Uh, Alex Tuck... You know, think about the stuff you don't like about Stahl, and that's Alex Tuck. Maybe, you know, it's like, obviously the skill's there for both players, but like, say what you might not like about Stahl, maybe he looks kind of slow and, and prodding out there, and that's what you see out of Alex Tuck. He's just kind of slow. The only thing he's got going for him is his hands, 
And I don't know. So I'm not all that blown away by Alex Tuck. I'm not all that heartbroken that we traded him away. But we'll see. Uh, some people are like, oh, he's doing great for Vegas. Actually, Holland's doing great for Vegas. Not necessarily Tuck. Uh, Hall definitely a bigger surprise than <laughs> Alex Tuck at this stage. But again, Hall has had more time in the NHL and Tuck just getting started. So I suppose anything can happen. A lot of guys start out their rookie year not so great and things tend to develop. Hopefully, <laughs> Jules Eriksson Jule can continue to become that jewel of a player. I know that's lame, but it is what it is. Hopefully he can continue to develop and become the player that we know he can be. Obviously, defensively, he's the best defensive forward on the team. But let's, let's get a little offense going. And he did get his fifth goal of the season against Nashville first time around. Uh, Aristotle would get his 40th goal of the season. And that would be the only goal for the Minnesota Wild in this game. Roman Josie scored right away. And I, right, right away in the game. Just, gosh, less than three minutes into the game. And it's like, come on. So, just like the last game, Nashville took the early lead, but Minnesota was able to eventually tie it up, as Pecorine was downright outstanding in this game. A lot better than the last one, but it's not even if he was bad. The Wild played great in that game. In this one, the Wild were all right. I mean, they weren't that bad. Devin Dubnik was outstanding in the game, too. Just got beat by Kyle Turris in the shootout, and he <laughs> he got beat in overtime, too. But, oh, wait, yep, Kyle Turris was offside, so thank God for that. Uh, Nashville wasn't able to win the game there, but of course, Parisi and Koivu on the shootout, uh, you know, come on, like 10 years ago, maybe, come on, you know what I mean, those are your first two guys in the shootout, oh, whatever, it's like, whatever, it's a shootout, when you have uh, Eric Christensen being the best shootout guy ever, who can't do anything in regular, in regular play, uh, whatever, you know, it's so random, and so frustrating, and then, some goalies are hot that night, and some goalies are not. And Dubnik got beat by Kyle Turris, so Turris ultimately did end up winning the game for Nashville. He just had to wait a few minutes, damn it. And you didn't see the gaff necessarily by Dumba this time around, but you did see it in other games not too long ago. Or he would take the, he'd make the same kind of mistake where he's skating away. He's skating away from his own net rather than towards his net. And sometimes you got to skate towards your net, particularly if you're a defenseman. If you don't have the puck, skate back. And it's just, I, I don't know. That's where the frustration with Matt Dumba is, as he just got a little too aggressive and, again, changed the direction. That's why Marshawn was able to beat Alex Stalock in that one. <clears throat> but Turos is the hero for the Nashville Predators. Koivu missed. He just flat missed. And, of course, again, Pekka Rene was deflecting everything. It was so frustrating. I mean, Granlin looked like he had a goal, but... Ah, Pecorine would just barely, and I mean barely get his stick on it, barely get his blocker on it, and that's what happened throughout the game, and it's so frustrating, but then the two shootout goals were just futile. I mean, it was terrible. It was like the Borg versus the, uh, versus humans. It was resistance is futile, and that's basically what took place in the shootout. That was awful, um, but, uh, well, it was Pecorine's night, and maybe he'll be a Stanley Cup champion goalie. He was a Western Conference champion goalie, or Campbell Conference, <clears throat> which you could still kind of call it because we still get the Campbell Trophy. Eastern Conference is the Prince of Wales Trophy. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, well, Pecorine, Campbell Conference uh, champion last year. Will they pull it off this year? Who knows, and who cares at this point? Let's hope it's Minnesota, right? <laughs> it's all we could say at this stage. Pecorine did stop the twen uh, 22 of the 23 shots he faced. Again, the Wild, a frustrating game at the end of the day. Again, Obviously, well defended by both clubs, well goaltended by both clubs. 
uh, both teams obviously. Uh, this would make an awesome playoff series. And maybe if the Wild can get out of the first round, this is exactly who will be playing. And maybe they're kind of semi the new Blackhawks right now. But maybe that's Winnipeg. I don't know. I mean, it could be either one. And right now, odds are highly favored. The Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets will face off in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how that develops. But odds are definitely in that favor. <clears throat> I don't think the Wild are going to be a bottom wild card team. And that's how you're going to play the National Predators at the end of the day. Vegas Golden Knights, it looks like that dream has died, unfortunately. The National game was the 27th, Tuesday the 27th of March. And now we go to another National Broadcast. Rivalry broadcast again on NBC here. The 20, NBC Sports that is. The 29th of March, Thursday. And a fun little game here. But again, started out scary again. Woohoo! Don't you just love when games start out scary? Well, this one did. Uh, Jamie Ben from the high slot, a beautiful shot, 29th shot, a 29th goal of the year, about the same time exactly as Roman Josie's shot, <laughs> Roman Josie's goal. Literally less than three minutes in the game, unbelievable. And you thought, here we go again. Dallas would have insane amount of opportunities to tie this game later on or take the take a bigger lead, this and that. As I mean, Jonas Brodine literally scooped a puck off the off the line. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, that was in. That was basically in, but uh, Brodine scooped it away. Uh, Dubnik made a couple of spectacular sprawling glove saves as well throughout the game, and thank God for that, Whew, as the Wild avoided a disaster. You do not want to lose at home to Dallas. I was talking about Dallas on the last episode, like they're still really good. It's like, I didn't realize just how poor Dallas had been playing, and well, it doesn't help when Ben Bishop's not been available, and Kerry Lettinen is just, you know, he's, he's a, he's a, Darcy Kemper, basically. He's a 30-year-old Darcy Kemper for the Dallas Stars, um, where sometimes he's okay, and other times he's just not. He's just very limited, very mediocre, and that's how things went. Uh, Granlund had his easily his best game in quite a while. Uh, great shorthanded play there as he, he forced the turnover and just went all the way for 20, his 20th goal of the season on uh, shorthanded. Matt Dumba with that rifle shot from on the power play from Ryan Suter. Just a, a, a one-timer from... Far, far away there. Beautiful shot. 12th goal of the season and great release on Dumba. Instant shot. Beautiful one-timer by Matt Dumba showing the strength and just and strength and the accuracy, of course, and the placement of the puck. That's what matters most. You want to put it in the right spot, obviously. Uh, Zach Parisi would get his 11th goal of the season and a, in, an amazing play by Mikhail Granlund. I mean, the move he made in this one. Dumba would get his assist in his second point of the game on the play as well, but Mikhail Granlund made a spectacular move on the Dallas defender. This was Greg Patron. Um, unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> it's hard to describe the way he just he just kind of went around him. He went, he faked one way, went around him, literally wrapped around the guy, Greg Patron. And it's not like Granlin's a long guy, because sometimes the longer guys can do that. Uh, and he made a spectacular play and set up Zach Parisi for the shot there. Zach Parisi would get his 11th goal of the season on the play. Devin Shore kept things fairly interesting. Jason Zucker exploding off of a nice uh, Eric Stahl play there. Dumba with a hockey assist, of course, second assist. But again, we'll take anything Dumba gives. And he had an awesome game with four points, one goal, and three assists. He was he was the second assist on all three of them, but that's totally fine because it's getting the play started, and that's what Matt Dumba did on every one of these. He got plays started, and his value very very evident throughout the game, and he was not making the mistakes as much per se. As you're always going to have some odd man rushes or some opportunities by the other team, it's not like you can rag and. 
go after a defenseman every single time. Something doesn't go perfect. So that was kind of the case there. Zucker's 31st goal of the year of the Wild. Scoring twice on the power play in this game. And, well, and also scoring in shorthanded. So awesome special teams throughout the night. Dubnik was pretty good for the most part. Devin Shore again, his 10th goal of the season. And then Zach Rezzi with his second goal of the game. 12th goal of the year. Granlin and Dumba, two guys who were awesome throughout the night. Also getting points on the play. Very cool to see as they helped set up Zach Rezzi, who would end up releasing the puck from the neutral zone into the bottom, into the, into the center of the net, we'll say. 12th goal of the season. And an overall very fun game, but very close to being a scary game. Uh, it's crazy to think that Terry Lennon faced 21 shots in the game. That's it. That's all the wild amounted, but they were very good shots. Uh, This game could have gone the wrong way pretty easily. Obviously, Dallas way more shots on net, as they had 31 shots on net. But Dubnik was pretty damn solid, but also a bit lucky as well. No puck luck against Pekka Rene in the game, and tons of puck luck for Devin Dubnik in this one. Um, The Wild had no puck luck (laughs) <laughs> against Becca Rene in Nashville two nights ago. But then again, lots of puck luck in this one in terms of Devin Dubnik, uh, players hitting the post and such. Greenway hit the post in this one, almost had his first goal, unfortunately. Did not get in there. But again, Dubnik, whew, thank God. Again, puck luck here and there as the puck did not cross the line. And whew, Jonas Brodeen, which he's done many times, scooping the puck right out of there at the last second. Thank God for that. Is that, that would have been a frustrating one. Dubnik getting lucky on a couple other bounces as well along the way as the puck squirted through his legs but didn't go in. Ooh, it went the, <laughs> the puck moved to, moved to the side. Thank God for that as those are ever dangerous as we all know oh so well. Mike Madonna of the war Mike Madonna award for the week part of me is Matt Dumba. The <laughs> you know I was going to have some fun with this one. The James Shepard Memorial. It could also go to Matt Dumba for that mistake. But then again, it's like some of those were like earlier. So it was just the one game where that took place. Dumba does make goofy mistakes, but generally speaking, he's had a pretty darn good week. It's kind of a bummer to see Coyle stop scoring. Colin hasn't scored in forever. Daniel Winnick, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get mad at Daniel Winnick. Yul Erickson, that got another goal. And he's he's always solid and consistent. Marcus Foligno's okay, this and that. Gustav Olofsson's been adequate in the time he's been in there. Sometimes Murphy's good, sometimes he's not. I don't know. It's like, I can't really get mad at anybody too much. Just, I guess, you know, I was going to say, kind of give it to Dumba, in a sense, also, for that mistake on the Brad Marchand goal, because he just, he keeps doing it, and is he ever going to learn? Is he ever going to stop doing it? So, it's kind of like a fun way. That's why it's called Dumba's Domain, because he's kind of both. You know, it's all about Dumba. If he's playing well... The Wild are in great shape. If he's making mistakes, the Wild are screwed. And you end up losing close games because of crucial mistakes at crucial moments. Yeah, crucial mistakes at crucial moments. Imagine that analogy there. But that's basically the case there. A very light, mild James Stepper Memorial for Matt Dumba in that sense. But a pretty good uh, Mike Madonna award. I mean, honorable mention, though, Zach Parisi. He continues to light the lamps of late. Okay, so he had a couple empty netters. But still, hey, put the puck in. That's all, you know, and, and again, he did have a nice goal off of the spectacular play from Mikhail Granlund. Granlund's another guy, also could be an honorable mention, but it was one game. He was kind of quiet most of the week. He'd been quiet, but hey, nice to see Mikhail Granlund back in the scoring once again, as he looked awesome throughout the game. Three points for Mikhail Granlund, and now he's in the 60s, so good for him. 
I believe he's 61, right? 61 points on the season. 63 because he had a couple of points before that. And Zucker's the one at 61. How great is that? It's a career high for Zucker uh, there. Ryan Studer's reached the 50-point mark. Matt Dumba at 46. Eric Stahl at 74. Boy, when's the last time a wild player did that? Including the 40 point, uh, 40 goals excuse me, on the season. Marion Gabrick had that 80-point year when he had those 40 goals, and that was pretty awesome. But generally speaking... The Wild rarely get into the 70s and 80s when it comes to points. Rarely. And that's unfortunate, but that's a fact. <laughs> but this year, obviously, this team is playing well at the right time for the most part. And that's encouraging. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you had some overtime losses this week uh, where things could have been real pretty. But still, you got six of eight points. Where sometimes the win-loss thing here doesn't always show just how well the team is playing in these games. So we'll take the break. We're going to preview five games because we're going to wrap up the regular season. It would have left us with the, just the Sharks game remaining. I'll just very briefly preview that one as well. That's Chris's club there with that coffee bender there in Northern California. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. back here on Brave the Wild. There's your Blades of Steel bumper music there because obviously it's the postseason and yeah, I always get a kick out of that particular song right there because that's when they're showing the tournament bracket as you're in Blades of Steel. The pro tournament bracket is, here they go, the team you're playing next is flashing and you're flashing. That's who we're playing next. We're playing Chicago or we're playing the Montreal Canadiens in the final. Hell yeah. But we'll worry about that when the time comes. Well, not really, because that's just Blades of Steel. We're going to wrap up the month of March here. It's the last day of March. It's the Dallas Stars again. Yeah, the Dallas Stars again. We'll play them about a million times. And Well, let's get the job done this time. Let's stop screwing around. That'd, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Sure would be. We just love playing the Dallas Stars, or I, I guess we do, but it kind of is what it is there. Dallas Stars, again, we just played them, and you know who they are. Obviously, Ben Bishop, Kerry Lennon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, ben Bishop has five shutouts during the season, but... Are we going to see Ben Bishop? I hope not. Let's keep Kerry Lettinen in that because he's not real good and stuff. He's not real good. His numbers aren't that bad, but they're not that good either. 2.6, 2.59 to be exact. Goals against average. I'm just messing around. 91 save percentage. 13 and 14 on the year. Ben Bishop has a winning record. Kerry Lettinen does not. 13 and 14. Ben Bishop 26 and 17. But Bishop missed a ton of time and hasn't been that good for the Stars. Of course, Ben and Sagan have been great for the Stars. Rudolov's been a nice addition during the course of the season. He's easy kind of in and out of the NHL from Russia here and there, and he's a kind of guy that probably should stick around. I mean, 67 points in the year. Pretty valuable guy. I mean, 27 points, 40, 40 assists. Klingberg, obviously, a power play superstar. 22 power play assists along the season. It's a talented team that just can't get it together. Ken Hitchcock's got to be frustrated out of his mind because this team looked awfully good this year. And then they just, they're just they just not. And that's kind of the case of the Dallas Stars. And I think the Wild can continue this uh, their success against the Stars. Uh, they would not sweep Dallas because, of course, the Dallas Stars crushed the Minnesota Wild on the 3rd of February, 6-1. to one. Remember that game very well. That was nasty. The Wild were definitely in a in their regular winter swoon there during the course of the season. But generally speaking, the Wild have played Dallas pretty well this year. Four game series against the division rival, not five games. Interesting how that changes at times. Minnesota 4-2 way on, uh, back in December 27th. It took that long to play Dallas. Of course, the 2-3 loss, uh, or excuse me, the February 6-1 loss 
and then just recently 5-2 on Thursday. Minnesota can beat the Dallas Stars in Texas. I hope so. Unfortunately, the Wild, again, in Texas, have not been very successful. I don't know where to go with this one. I mean, are the Stars going to have more puck luck in this one? As, of course, again, the game could have gotten ugly. It could have gotten frustrating. I guess if the Stars are, or the Wild are going to lose a game, this might as well be one of them, I, I guess. I don't want to believe that, but possibility is pretty strong, I got to think. Um, the Dallas Stars have won only one out of their last five games. I was against the Philadelphia Flyers on the 27th. A 3-2 victory. They barely beat them. The Stars are, are playing terrible. I, I don't know if they're... They wouldn't get a very high draft pick. I mean, there's nothing to tank for at this point. They're still a team that would be... They'd be in the middle of the draft. Oh, goody. So the draft wouldn't make a huge amount of difference. And if you're so excited about a guy, you trade up for him. So I'm not sure. Uh, boy, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of this matchup, really, to be quite honest. Hmm. <laughs> I, I just, I, I like the way the Wild are playing right now. I'd say if the Wild lose, they'll get a point. Something like that. I think maybe that might be where this game goes. The Wild are going to get a point tonight, at least. One point. And I'm going to pick the Stars to win, I think. Nah, I mean, if Kerry Lennon's in that, there's no excuses. I think Minnesota can win this game. Let's go like 4-3, to 4-3, to 5-3, to three, something like that. Higher scoring type of game. I think Stahl will continue his scoring. He'll get things going, get his 41st goal of the year. He's the most likely guy, in my opinion, to get his 41st goal of the season. Otherwise, Parisi might as well keep his success rate going with the Dallas Stars. He's been, you know, he had a nice little game there, and good for him. Or Granlin could continue going what he's been doing. I mean, if Granlin can, can get back to playing this way, the Wild will have a lot of success in the postseason. And if Dumba also can continue what he's been doing, for the most part, um, as he's been on a scoring tear for the past few weeks here, at least in terms of how a defenseman is. They don't, like, score like crazy, but, again, he's been racking up the points. I mean, he was at 30-something not that long ago. Now he's pushing 50, and I'd sure love to see Dumba get four more points here in the last five games, and I think the chances are very high of that, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Dumba at least get a point in the game, get his 47 point, but Stahl will get his 41st goal. Minnesota wins 4-2-3 or 5-3, depending on if there's an empty netter included. Edmonton Oilers, ooh, uh, e, I don't know. You know, they're not good, and they're not good at all. In fact, they're under 500, which in hockey is really bad. Now, of course, you'd think back in the day, under 500 teams made the playoffs, which is just weird when you sit down and imagine that, because nowadays it's like unheard of. Uh, getting to the playoffs in the NHL is a lot harder than it was back in the old days. And Edmonton is definitely a, a team that... <laughs> they're a team that would probably have been in the playoffs years ago, which is funny. Um, this is a home game. Can the Wild take care of business? And then we wrap up with three games on the road. Ouch. Anaheim, Santa, uh, excuse me, Anaheim, LA, and San Jose. Oof. Late games, this and that. And then we get ready for the most likely the winner Wake Jets. But stuff tends to change at the last second. Calgary's done. They're 13 points behind the Ducks. The Ducks are a pretty good shot at making the wild card there. Them and the Dallas, uh, the, excuse me, the Los Angeles Kings, who are also very much in play. Edmonton's been done. They only have 70 points on the season, but they've kicked the Wilds butt this season for some strange bleeping reason. Connor McDavid's a superstar. He's expensive as hell. He's got a Kevin Garnett uh, ha, uh, version of a hockey contract. He's going to kill the salary cap for this team, unfortunately. Uh, they're top-heavy, of course. Connor McDavid, 103 points. He reached the century mark just recently. 41 goals, 62 assists on the season. Leon Dreisaitl, who missed some time and struggled early in the season, is almost at 70 points on the year, so good for him. He's another uh, 
playmaker for the Edmonton Oilers. After that, of course, huge drop-off. The Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, and Lucic, two guys who tend to score against the Wilders, drives us nuts. Patrick Maroon, he's a maroon, right? And, of course, yeah, um, it drove me absolutely bleeping bonkers when Cam Talbot, who's a below-average goalie, looked like Grant Fuhrer against the Minnesota Wild last time around. I couldn't I couldn't stand it. And then Edmonton started to get more and more breaks. They have won the season series already. Edmonton won 3-2 to two back in the 12th of December, nearing Christmas time. And then March the 10th, 4-1, to one, as Edmonton would get the empty netter late. It was a fairly close game, but just it just you could just feel the whole time it was another loss. And it was so frustrating the way things went. Again, Talbot looked like Grant Fuhrer in that game. Um, can the Wild please squeak out one here? Can, can, can we, or are we going to get swept by Edmonton this year? Yet when Edmonton was good last year, the Wild were great against them. I, I don't get it. I mean, Edmonton was really good last year. I mean, that 103 you're looking at right there with Connor McDavid, that was their point total at this point a time last season. They were in the hundreds. They were damn good. And then for them to drop off like this, well, I guess that's Edmonton for you. <laughs> Cam Talbot, just above three goals a game. He's been better, but still sucks. And it's the Edmonton Oilers are whatever. Um, they've lost three in a row after beating Ottawa and L.A. Not bad. But then giving up five goals to Anaheim, seven goals to Columbus, and losing two to one in Vancouver. Ugh. Ugh. They'll be playing the Calgary Flames on the road before heading to Minnesota. Let's go wild, please. Let's win this game. This is a must-win game in terms of let's wrap things up here. Let's get to the 100-point mark at the very minimum. If the Wild can beat Dallas tonight, there's your, well, 98. Is the Wilder at 96 right now? At least get to 97 as apparently that's that mathematical number that should hopefully clinch it for the Wild, but in a lot of ways. But I think this is where the Wild need to get to their 100th point beat the Stars, beat the Edmonton Oilers, because things are going to get real tough after that, and the Wild will have a hard time getting to 102 or 4 or anything like that after that. Uh, I think that's about what the Wild may finish with when you look at the uh, upcoming schedule, 102 points, something along those lines. The Wild will not get swept by the Edmonton Oilers. Minnesota's going to have a nice, solid, steady game, or so they better, so they better, <laughs> damn it. A 3-2 to two victory over the Edmonton Oilers, a solid little win, maybe 4-2, to two, empty net, or you just get four goals and Cam Talbot, which we should do. Stop screwing around with this guy. <sighs> and Jared Spurgeon will not be back yet, of course, hopefully by the postseason, but he's starting to skate. That's the good news, is we're starting to hear something from Jared Spurgeon. There's a pulse. There's a pulse, and eventually there'll be a player again, and that would be great. Will Jordan Greenway score his first career NHL goal against the Edmonton Oilers? I will say yes. Jordan Greenway will score his first NHL goal against the Edmonton Oilers. And Minnesota will win 3-2, 4-2, something along those lines. I think you're going to get a good, solid goaltending game. Connor McDavid will score a goal in the game. Because he just will. Because he scores every time. He's going to find a way to score something in the game. And Edmonton will get two goals against Devin Dubnik, who most likely will be a net. And then you will see... Mr. Jordan Greenway scores his first goal for the Minnesota Wild as we move on. As hopefully, this will be the 100 points for the Wild at this stage. And it won't take the final game of the regular season to get it. Oh, Bruce Boudreaux's Anaheim Ducks. Oh, goody. Isn't that fun? Don't you just love playing the Anaheim Mighty Ducks or Ducks? They don't call them Mighty anymore because they're just the Ducks now. Even though they won the Stanley Cup and went to the finals a couple years before that and, and stuff. I don't want to talk about the Ducks. Back-to-back -back in the L.A. area, because Anaheim is right on top of Los Angeles over there. This is the 4th of April, of course. It's April 2nd. God rest Chloe Soul, my former kitty cat, was put to sleep 11 years ago on that day. 
Um, April 4th and 5th, Anaheim and Los Angeles. Ugh. And then it's the Sharks. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know, Chris. I think I have a sneaky feeling you're going to break that losing streak against the Wild that night. Got a feeling. Uh, if the Wild are going to win a game out of this group, it's probably this one. I, I think I think that's a good chance the Wild will get there. Wild will have a little miniature winning streak. Maybe a squeak went out against L.A., lose to someone else. I don't know. Just don't lose to Dallas tonight, please. Um... It's been a pretty close back-and-forth, low-scoring effort between these clubs. Uh, John Gibson's obviously a good goalie. Dubnik's a good goalie. You're going to see Stalock against one of these two teams, and I'm guessing pretty strong chance Stalock will be against the Ducks. That's just my guess, and you'll see Dubnik against the uh, Los Angeles Kings. That's just a guess. I mean, these two teams are pretty much on top of each other. Um, I would personally put Stalock against Anaheim. Uh, 3-2 to two victory for Minnesota on the 8th of December, and then a shootout loss to Anaheim. And this was in uh, XL Energy Center on the 17th of Feb. Of course, that was in Anaheim. So the road team has won the games. And I think the Wild can do it again. Something of the likes, maybe a 2-2 two two shootout type of game where Anaheim will get a point over time. Maybe Darkwing Dumbo will be the victor there. And I'm going to pick Dumba against the Ducks. I like Dumba against the Ducks. I, I like it. Darkwing Dumba <laughs> will score a goal. He's the most likely guy to score in the game, in my humble opinion. Obviously, John Gibson has become one of the better goalies in the NHL. He started the season yucky, but he's gotten better and better and better and better and better. You get the idea. The Ducks, not the highest scoring team anymore. They've had some great scores, and the guys have gotten are gotten have gotten older. Pardon me, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzloff, of course, guys with the Stanley Cup team back in 07. Cogliano, all these veterans, steady guys. Ricard Ricard Raquel has 66 points. He's leading the way with 32 goals as well. He'll probably find a way to do something in the game because he's clearly the best player on the team, on the skating side of things anyway. Uh, John Gibson will keep things interesting. Heck, even Ryan Miller as the backup has had three shutouts this season. Ryan Miller in the backup role has done very well. As a starter the last few years, he's struggled mightily. So in the backup role, nice, steady veteran there in Ryan Miller. And he's helped the Ducks become a playoff team again. And John Gibson obviously has a very positive future. He's 31-18 and 18 on the season, by the way, with four shutouts. I think Minnesota's going to win something. And again, it's going to be like a 2-2 two to two game. Maybe Dumba scores in overtime. That's my hope that Dumba will do the opposite. Rather than make a mistake in overtime, he'll score the goal in overtime, and the Minnesota Wild emerge victorious over the Anaheim Ducks. So you're going to have what I think could be a minor winning streak here. But of course, I think at the end of the day, the Wild will finish with 102 or 103 points, one way or the other, depending on maybe a flip a coin here on these teams. But that's just my prediction coming into things. As we continue to bounce around with this, uh, Los Angeles Kings have always been a tough matchup for the Wild, and I hate them and all that, and uh, I like their logo. It's really cool. The colors, their logo, awesome. Uh, and I like the two teams that won the Stanley Cup, but obviously I'm not cheering for them at all in this stage. <laughs> Jonathan Quick, Darcy Camper, of course, Camper's off to the Arizona Coyotes, and we won't be seeing him for a while, not till next season. And will he be on the Coyotes next year? We'll see. I mean, things change quickly, but it's an opportunity for Darcy Kemper there. He had three shutouts for the Kings this year, did Darcy and he was downright awesome. Kept his goals against average at 210. What a great, great run for Darcy Kemper. 10 and 1 on the season with the Kings. Jonathan Quick, only four games above 500. As great as Quick is, I would have given Kemper a little more opportunity. I mean, that's a bummer. 10 and 1. Kemper was doing great there. And his record in LA when he was with the Wild, you can say it a million times. And I'm going to keep saying it because it was, it was awesome. 
Um, I loved Kemper against the Kings, and then Kemper with the Kings, even better. Wow, uh, kind of sad how things turned out there, but Quick is getting his team back in the playoffs, and we know what the Kings can do. Even if they if they just make the playoffs, things happen. Uh, five Stanley, five Stanley Cups, five shutouts for Jonathan Quick, two Stanley Cups for Jonathan Quick. Um, <laughs> the Kings have gone three and two, at least in regulation, <clears throat> during the last week during the last week or so, last five games, three and two are the Kings. They're fighting for that playoff picture, and they're probably going to make it. And watch out. Uh, Anze Kopitar is having a year, boy. He is having an amazing year, as is Drew Doughty with 58 points from the blue line. Dustin Brown, the ever-solid, pesky, physical forward there with 56 points, 23 of them goals. Tyler Toffey with 24 goals, but Anze Kopitar with 90 points on the season. He's been downright fantastic for the LA Kings. Looking like a superstar, and he's definitely been that, and he's looking even more like one this year. Just having a massive, massive season for the Los Angeles Kings. I don't like this matchup. I don't like the Kings. It's just, I think they're going to pull the brooms out. 5-2 uh, to two loss in Los Angeles last time around on the 5th of December. 4-3 to three in XL Energy Center just a week ago here. Oh, Wild were, it was a close game and the Wild could not pull that one out. I think the Kings sweep the Wild this year, unfortunately. It's just a bad matchup for some reason. Well, obviously, because Darcy Kemper's not on the Wild. You know, I'd have Kemper against the Kings and then take my chances. You know, Dubnik can't play every game, right? Well, Dubnik's probably going to be a net in this game and I don't think he's going to have a whole lot of fun. Maybe you flip a coin. Maybe the Wild actually beat LA and lose to Anaheim or we beat both of them. I don't know. But that's a little too optimistic. I don't think you're going to sweep Anaheim LA back-to-back. That's kind of wild and crazy. Pardon the pun there. But, um, yeah, the Kings are going to beat the Wild 4-2, to 4-1, to one, whatever. 4-2, to two, I think. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota. Let's go with Jason Zucker. He's going to score in Los Angeles. He actually was born in California. I got a good feeling about that. And I think Zucker's going to finish in the... He might finish in the mid-30s by at the end of the week here. Maybe he'll get to 35, 34, something along the lines. At least 33 would be nice. That's a good number for Mr. Jason Sucker to finish things out. But I think the matchup obviously favors the Los Angeles Kings in a big way. A matchup that's, a matchup that's favored the Minnesota Wild for quite a while here is the San Jose Sharks, but they're playing great again. They're in second place. Make San Jose great again, and that's what they're doing. They're making it great again over there. The uh, Martin Jones has four shutouts on the year. He's the ever-solid goaltender for the San Jose Sharks. Still still young and still having fun is Martin Jones. Uh, Brent Burns, still young and still having fun too. My God, again, he's the James Harden of the NHL for obvious reasons. Just take a look at him. That's the James Harden of the NHL right there. Um, <laughs> he's playing like James Harden too. Scoring tons of points. He's been an MVP candidate in the past. Uh, only 11 goals on the year. As remember, he scored his second and third goal of the season as he was off to a horrendous start in the goal-scoring category, but he was still racking up the trillions of assists along the way. He's got five power play goals on the season, but of course he's going to be on the power play. A couple of game winners for the former Minnesota Wild, uh, Brent, uh, the Minnesota Wild, uh, Matt Dumba, uh, protege. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's the original Matt Dumba, right? Um, hopefully Dumba can... Head in that direction. 63 points on the season. Brad Burns, Joe Pawlowski, uh, Logan Coulter, and Thomas Hurdle, the guy who's, who makes spectacular moves and has a big game here and there and disappears for a month. He's kind of like Charlie Coyle, isn't he? Or like Zucker, I guess, for a while there. Basically like Zucker, Thomas Hurdle. Um, San Jose Sharks, well, they're playing a hell of a lot better than they had been, though they have lost two in a row after 
massive, beautiful winning streak there. Uh, they beat the Knights. They beat the Calgary Flames, who are just done. And they beat the Chicago Blackhawks. Then they lose to Nashville and St. Louis. Well, no big surprise there, I suppose. St. Louis is playing better, and Nashville's probably the best team in the West. Um, San Jose will have played the Vegas Knights, the Dallas Stars, and the Colorado Avalanche before playing Minnesota. I've liked the matchup, generally speaking, but it hasn't gone very well. Or, I mean, excuse me, but I it hasn't gone very well. What am I talking about? But I, I've got a feeling something may give here, unfortunately. I hope the Wild can win this game. The Wild can, and there's no reason they shouldn't, but it's just one of those things, the law of odds, this and that. I just got a squeak, I got a sneaky feeling the Sharks are going to win this game. Um, and there's Chris's win, and there's the coffee bender. See, he already got it now in advance, right? For when the Sharks win again, it's just it's, it's just an advance, Chris. You know, it's just a, it's just a little credit there. So you got it already, right? <laughs> the Wild success rate against the Sharks has been very positive, um, though they were extremely close games recently. Uh, back on back in San Jose on the 10th of December, that's when Mr. Brent Burns had his second and third goal of the season. The Wild barely squeaked that out after building a 3-0 lead. 4-3 victory there. 3-2 win and a wonderful finish there. Remember, that one went to overtime where Mr. Jared Spurgeon literally took the puck away from Brent Burns, of all people, and scored in overtime. That was pretty awesome. Um, that was great. Uh, on a nice feed from Zucker as he got the puck, gave it to Zucker, and then back. Kind of a give-and-go type of situation with uh, Zucker and Spurgeon, and the Wild end up winning that one. I think, I just got a feeling the Sharks are going to win this one, and it's, you know, something like 4-2, to two or 3-1, to one or something like that, 3-2, 4-2, and I call everything like that. 2-1, to one. it's going to be a 2-1 to one game. The Sharks are going to keep it very low scoring. I, I got a feeling it's going to be something like that. The two teams will be kind of playing tight, not too aggressive, not trying to make mistakes. They're just kind of like, okay, let's get out of here without getting hurt. As we head into the postseason, as both teams will be there, Sharks and the Wild will be in the playoffs. Maybe we'll meet you again in the West Finals. Maybe. I'm not too optimistic about that just yet, but maybe. But uh, the Sharks will win the game 2-1. to one. Maybe the Wild squeak a point out, but I don't know. I think the Wild finish with 102 or 103 points on the season at the end of the day. And the Winnipeg Jets will be uh, waiting for us up there in Manitobas. Yes. At the airport. ha, ha, ha. Yeah, well, whatever it is. But the Winnipeg Jets will be waiting for the Minnesota Wild. And there's your first series with the Jets. They're kind of like the new Vancouver Canucks. Kind of a physical team that can score and drive you crazy and all that good stuff. Blake Wheeler, all those big boys. But that'll be the conversation on the next episode. It's, uh, long cleanups are coming up, so don't be surprised again I'm gonna, if I miss a week or two here and there. I, I hope not. And, of course, there's rainy days. And when rainy days happen in the springtime, that's when I can get behind the mic and jump on board and get caught up with things, and I'll do the best I can. As I've been pretty good about it the past few years, for the most part, keeping up with the postseason for the Minnesota Wild, as they probably will be there unless they do a Golden Gophers at the last second. So that's kind of my take with that. Let's look briefly, very briefly, at the prospects. For some bleeping reason, and yes, we're always going to start with the IOI, they, they don't win anything anymore. I mean, they've lost like every game like the last two weeks. It's annoying. Score some freaking goals and win some freaking games, Iowa. You know, they've not made the playoffs once since moving there, and they're trying to miss it again, it seems like. I think they'll make it, but Luis Belpedo in his eighth game, eighth bleeping game with Iowa, well, he got his first assist. 
I'm good. Thank you, Luis Belpedio. Luis, Louis, whatever, which one it is, but it's it's Luis Belpedio. Or Louis. <laughs> he's a minus five, though, in the eight games he's played with the Iowa Wild. But I'm still very optimistic about the future of Luis Belpedio. Nice to have him signed to an entry-level contract. Of course, Mr. Jordan Greenway has been signed to that as well, and he's already at the NHL level. Ivan Ladnia. The old milk carton, Ivan Ladnia, has been missing for about a month with the Erie Otters, and that's a team that's kind of gone down the toilet. Nice to see him show up at the end here. Little tryout thing. But he also did sign an entry-level contract, though, which was very, very interesting, which, again, is an olive branch for Mr. Kirill Kaprizov because that's the same agent there. The Novi, Michigan, 18-year-old Ivan Ladnia debuted with the Iowa Wild last night, and that's it. <laughs> it wasn't a minus, wasn't a plus. Minimal time out there, probably at some third, fourth line action. But nice to see Ivan Ladnia resurface, and that's kind of cool. I'm guessing he's going to be on Iowa next season. And I hope he's on Iowa. I hope he's not back in the juniors. Um, obviously, the uh, Barry Colts, Mr. <laughs> Our good friend, I love the guy, uh, Dmitry Sokolov, has had some very, very nice uh, success, of course, with the Barry Colts since going there. And they're in the postseason, and that series is tied at the moment. Dmitry Sokolov in the playoff action has five goal, has five points, pardon me, in the four games. A little bit quieter, but still has been a factor. Three goals, two assists for Mr. Dmitry Sokolov for the Barry Colts. Really love the success there. Nick Sweeney and the Duluth Bulldogs will be in the final four, or is it the Frozen Four? Yes, the Frozen Four. I'm just messing around. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely cheering for the UMD Bulldogs. Of course, Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, and others from the Duluth area. Definitely on your, <laughs> I'm definitely in your corner when it comes to the Frozen Four. Yes, there will be multiple teams here that have never won a national championship in the Frozen Four. Of course, Notre Dame has never won it. Michigan has nine national championships, but, like, six of them were in the 50s and stuff. So, 50s and 60s. So, yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, Michigan's last national championship was 1998. I hope that it stays there. Minnesota Duluth has won the most recently, but it was only their first national championship. It feels like they've won more than one, as they were around back in the day, weren't they? But I guess I was getting them mixed up with Michigan Tech, as they used to win national championships back in the 70s. The Gophers and Michigan Tech would face off in the championship game back in the day against uh, Herbie Brooks there. As uh, they went to multiple national, they went to several national championship games. Including the Gophers won three in that time, and of course lost at least one to Michigan Tech and Boston and University and all that crap. Uh, Ohio State has never won a national championship, so the two number one seeds remaining in this uh, Frozen Four will be going after their first national championship: Notre Dame and Ohio State. Of course, Ohio State will be playing the Duluth Bulldogs here in St. Paul, XL Energy Center. That's where you're seeing Minnesota Wild Colors in the frozen floor there. Michigan, again, will be playing against Notre Dame. That's going to be a very interesting, very fun frozen floor. Unfortunately, we have to wait until April 5th for that to happen. 6 p.m. on ESPN2, 9.30 p.m. for the Michigan-Notre Dame game, the earlier one again, Ohio State and Minnesota Duluth. And Saturday night, April 7th on espn the national championship game, which, I don't know, it could be anything. Ohio State's been playing really awesome. They uh, went right over Princeton like it was nothing. They crushed Denver 5-1. to one. Notre Dame, well, it, it, they barely beat Michigan Tech. They barely beat uh, Brennan Duhame's Providence, uh, the uh, Providence Friars. Uh, Michigan looks good, too. Oof. But um, Michigan beat Boston University. That's Jordan Greenway. They pounded them. They beat Cornell. Remember, they, uh, excuse me, uh, Boston U beat Cornell. Pardon me. Um, Michigan barely beat Northeastern. I'm, right now, if I'm going to pick a team that looks primed to win the national title, it's Ohio State. But I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, Duluth has done a good job as well, but they've, they've had to hang in there. 
don't be surprised if Duluth, if, if, they, if they're close games, Duluth will win. But obviously, if it's a, <laughs> if Ohio State takes a nice sizable lead, I think they're going to hang on and win the whole enchilada here. Ohio State may win their very first national championship, and I've been very impressed with how they've been playing ever since that stupid, stupid shootout lost by the Gophers to Ohio State, where the Gophers probably should have won that game. And that's the game that ended up costing the Wild uh, Gophers, pardon me, uh, a seed in the, in the national tournament. They didn't make it. Uh, just one little shootout goal, and they're in. It was just one bleeping game, and they're in, and the Gophers didn't win another game at all. But, well, Don Moscow is the head coach, after all, as I was talking about how Moscow and the St. Cloud State Huskies, they had all these great seasons and never did anything in the national tournament, and, of course, getting upset by Air Force 4-1 to in the first round. Ugh, terrible. Another one bites the dust. Another one, as in number one, bites the dust. Um phew. Ah, uh, you know, Moscow's success rate, uh, he's got a little more energy than Don Lucia. Obviously, his recruiting has been fantastic. Uh, St. Cloud is very, 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 very sad to see him go, as they've never won a national championship, but they've only been to the Frozen Four once, which is weird. This ex- that, that's what bugs me about that. Hopefully, there'll be a little bit more, a little bit extra here with Moscow on the Gophers, and you're going to see many, many, many Frozen Fours and hopefully a couple, at least a couple of the, the big banners, the real banners. I mean, it's one thing if you win the Big Ten or the NC or WCHA or NCHC, whatever. Let's win the national championship, damn it. <laughs> I miss it so much. It was so fun. And how long it took for the Herbie Brooks era to get to the Don Lucia era, winning a couple of national titles. Um, so hopefully Moscow can add at least one or two uh, along the way. And, well, you know, I doubt Moscow's going to be here 20 years like Don Lucia, Maybe 10-ish, 8 to 10-ish, something like that. And maybe that's when you can go after Grant Patalny. Patalny's a little more uh, established by then. We'll see what happens. The cool part about the Gophers, though, it seems like there is still major attraction to this job. Like, whenever the Gophers have a job available and they go after a name, like in Don Lucia's case, he was the, the hot new name there with Colorado College. And it's just like, their response is, yes! Like, I'm coming. Boom. And it was, like, done within, like, God knows, really fast. Not even a week, you know, in terms of finding a coach. Or go for football, it could take forever. Go for basketball, it could take forever. With the with the Gober hockey, it's like, yes! And it's always, like, the top guy available. So, at least there's still appeal to the job when it comes to the Minnesota Gophers. And I know not all of you are Gopher fans, but I am, damn it. And it's my show. But you can call in and talk about your teams, too. That's where the whole point of the phone line is, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in to Brave the Wild into your statement, trail out, comment, question, and opine. Same thing with the call now button on the Facebook page. Simply click on that, and then you will be able to do the same exact thing. It's a three-minute limit because it is a voicemail, but there is the audio submission route, which I'll wrap up the show with here in a second. Because <clears throat> I'm not completely done here, but, well, I might as well be for the most part. Uh, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Please give that a follow if you could. I want to thank Hockey Podcasts for sharing the show on Twitter and Vince Germano for retweeting the show as he does. Oh, and I really appreciate you out of out of Australia there. Of course, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild, facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Thank you for joining the show there if you could, giving that a like. Same for MNW players, facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Do the same thing. Pavel Bunnett and Merrick Skyball out of the Czech Republic there kind enough to have me as an admin on that page and allowing me to also post links to Brave the Wild on that page. They cover the wild like Lewis and Clark. Um, it's unbelievable. 
everything from everything from Eric Stahl down to Evan Lodnia down to Pavel Genis, Genis with the uh, ECHL's uh, Rapid City Rush, who had two points last night. Good on him. He's at 35 points on the year at the ECHL level. He's the top player at the ECHL level for the Minnesota Wild in their system. Might not be the leading scorer for that team, but he's the... He's a guy who was an actual draft pick for the Wild. He's an actual, you know, piece of the puzzle there when it comes to the Wild, who just maybe, hopefully, someday will skate for your Minnesota Wild, and I would greatly, greatly love to see that. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov continuing what he does in Russia, and we have to continue to wait, and I don't know, you get tired of talking about it. Just want to see him here or <laughs> something. like to see Dmitry Sokolov's progress there at the <clears throat> OHL. I hope that's it for him in the OHL. It's time to move on to the, at least the AHL and go from there. That's kind of my thought process. Again, Sam Anas, a guy who deserves a crack at the NHL. He had a multi-point game last night. He's at 56 on the season. 56 total points on the season. 22 goals. Um, boy, boy, I really love what he's brought to this team. Carson Soucy added his 15th point also, by the way, last night. I should have mentioned. But um, that's kind of the case there. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in developmental camp come summertime. And guys like Samanas, you know, it's just he should get a crack at something. He better get some ice time in the NHL next year. That's all I got to say about that. I think he deserves it. Um, so, <clears throat> as does Justin Kloos, of course. Um, but I think that's about it here. The audio submission route is the final way to get on board this show. Simply use the voicemail uh, application, which is on any smart device. There's, they're all free, of course. And treat it like a phone call. Keep it to three to five minutes or something like that. Save it and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. And I will convert it into an MP3 file, which is, of course, uh, thanks to Zumzar.com or uh, Converto.com. Though Both of those websites help me convert the <clears throat> files into MP3 so I can put it here in the show and get things going. I'm more than kind enough to uh, give a quick shout-out to them because their website helps me so much with my show. So why not? <laughs> why not? It gets, helps you guys' voices join me right here on Brave the Wild. want to thank you for listening. Hopefully the Wild can finish off this regular season in the triple digits and get the job done. There is no Gophers-like collapse at the last second. Just get your last point at least. Get to 97 and go from there to 103, 104, 108 for crying out loud. Okay, maybe not that high, but something like that would be great. Uh, hopefully the Wild can finish strong. They look really good going into the playoffs this year, which is a big difference from the last few years, which is extremely exciting as the Wild have had some horse bleep marches, some horse bleep Aprils, and then here comes the playoffs and they're done. But uh, hopefully this is a sign of good things to come here in the postseason and the Winnipeg Jets will be packing their bags after five or six games. Wouldn't that be great? Or does it take game seven? Whatever it is, as long as the Wild win, that's all we care about at the end of the day. I want to thank you again for listening. Please tell your friends about the show. Please give a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. I will give you a huge shout-out and thank you right here on the air. Until next time, when the Wild do get in the playoffs, regardless of who they play, it's probably the Jets, but who knows? Things change at the last second, sometimes in the last hour of the regular season. So we'll find out when we find out, and we'll be right here on air when that does happen. Thank you again. God bless, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.